Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. Better than this, guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schubert, floating around here as a producer of this thing. We're from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering and information. They've got everything that you can imagine: Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, football's futures, Vegas casino games, esports, in-game betting golf combat sports you name it they have it super easy to use website over there check it out on your desktop or your mobile device use our promo code believe 50 that's b-l-e-a-v-5-0 you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online it's where the game starts kyle it's important to remember one thing with great power comes great responsibility happy spider-man day to you Spider-Man Joe Marino is a member of what superhero team? Not the Avengers. He's on the no other further, team. No further questions. We're, we're good here. Great start. <laughs> I don't to know week. what it's called, but the other happy team. Aug- happy August, everybody. The Spider-Man, Justice League. Is that what you're saying? Not an Avenger. Isn't there something called DC? There's DC. Yeah. Part of that one. Sure. Come on, man. You're baiting me right now. <laughs> so, you know what, Kyle? You know what? I want you to leave this in complete obscurity. I don't want you to answer this. And I just oh, I'm not answering see... anything. Is there three leagues? I want to yeah, see the three leagues that we get. Yeah, there's three I, leagues. It's, he's in I the see, third I thought one, it was Joe. DC and Marvel. No, nah, he's in the no, third one. Justice League, he's, huh? in, he's in the other one. Which one's Spider-Man in? I'm The third one. DC. Happy Mock Draft Monday to you, Joe. No, you wanted to get out of that, huh? Because you don't know the answer, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. What division happy, he's in. Happy Mock Draft Monday. Yours truly dropped a 2023 way too early mock draft to mark the early. start of August. No, not too early. Well, never. for many. Some say it's no. way too early. No. Those um, aren't my friends. It's, it's the best. Um, so the challenge was twofold creating a draft order that people wouldn't be up in arms at me about. And so we didn't use the one that we're going to use this week on the show. We're using <laughs> the Vegas odds. Um, Cause everybody who's a draft dudes listener is a diehard. You understand the process, but if you're a casual fan, you see mock draft and you click it, you're probably not going to get that context, especially because Jamie Eisner did not put the uh, bet online uh, Super Bowl odds under mm. each team. Like I usually do when you do mm. a, a Vegas odds, uh, mock draft order. I usually put the the odds, Super Bowl odds in there, so it indicates like, hey, the odds are getting progressively better because that dictates the order of, of of the picks. And he didn't do that, so I'm really glad that uh, no blood on my hands is all I'll say. The other challenge was finding the right value for some of the talent that exists at the top. Uh, I guess I'll I'll start things off here. I I did put Will Anderson at number one of the Houston Texans, and Joe, I know you cross checked. Will Anderson this morning, and I cross-checked Will Anderson over the weekend. 
and when I, I'm glad I watched him before I did the mock, I would never put anybody else first. I don't care. Like you would have to have a generational type player at the quarterback position for me to put a quarterback over this dude, regardless of how much you do or don't need a quarterback. I think that was going to be one of the first things I wanted to get into with you was how do you foil that? Because Will Anderson's that type of blue chip, number one overall type player. Mm -hmm. And you've got a quarterback going four, five, and seven. So, like, it's not that far off. And certainly if Houston's picking one, that means Davis Mills stinks. And if Atlanta's picking number two, they need a completely new direction at quarterback. How did you you reconcile all that? Because I don't envy you having to be kind of the leadoff hitter here when it comes to these these, uh, 1.0 mock drafts. Well, so I justify it in my mind as this. And this didn't get put in writing. So there's there's no point sense putting nuance in the commentary. You were just gonna look at where your team picked, what player they picked, and you're gonna be angry or happy, right? <laughs> but for me, I look at Atlanta and I look at Houston and I ask myself a simple question: is this team ready to take a quarterback? And I did not think the answer for either one of those situations was yes. Now, you can look at Carolina and New York, who little further down the road do end up taking quarterbacks and you could say, well, you know, they're, they're not great teams either. I would argue the investments that both Carolina and New York have made in the offensive line and their skill players that they have existing Mm -hmm. are much better than the environment than either Houston or Atlanta can currently give a young quarterback. And that for me was the deciding factor of, Hey, I'm not going to force and expedite this and put a young quarterback in a position where they have to play early because they are an early pick when that team is not ready to best position them for success. I think that's a good process, Kyle. Um, Will teams do it that way? Probably Yeah, not. who knows? It's but, You know, we had the year Miles Garrett goes one, right? And and the other quarterbacks go after him. You, you go back to the, uh, the year Washington picked Chase Young at number two uh, mm-hmm. in lieu of some of the quarterbacks there. And it's tough, man. It's tough. It, there's there's precedent in in every direction on this, uh, where teams. Well, if there's blue chippers, man, they'll they'll pick them, and, and well, especially defensive linemen. And especially as good as Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are, who are picks one and two that went to Houston at one and Atlanta at two. Uh, the kind of disruption those guys bring on your defensive front is super high level. Yeah, super high level. So I I was focused on let's get franchise pillars. Mm-hmm. and um, we, we can worry about finding the signal caller's position, especially with Atlanta, too. That's a run-heavy offense. Yep. So I feel even less pressure to force a quarterback if you're going to be an offense that's identity is tied to ru- successfully running the football. As you work through the top 10, Kyle, like what were some of those challenges for you both Chicago. from? Yeah. <laughs> Just get right to it. Yeah. So Chicago pick three. Sorry to cut you off. That's fine. I despise the value. They picked a three. They're not not taking a quarterback. What I ended up doing is giving them offensive tackle Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, who's a very good player. But offensive tackle at three, before the quarterbacks, it was just, eh. (laughs) In a perfect world, that's a trade-out spot, right? For somebody to come get their quarterback of choice. And somebody pays what San Francisco paid to go up and, and go get Trey Lance. No question. In a perfect world, but am I that crazy to do that off the jump here? No, I'm not. So therefore, I had Chicago stay at three and pick Skronsky. 
I saw the uh, the Bears fan on Twitter that responded very very pleased about Skaronski yes. at three, and you you gave him like was oh, it yeah. Samuel Jackson like. Thank you. <laughs> Very surprised. Very surprised to hear you're happy with Peter Skronsky at three. I thought I was but... going to get hell for that all day, and Correct. you like it. So maybe it's the sh- you, you played into the uh, the emotional appeal of Bears fans. It might also be Northwestern fans kind of getting the local the local guy. I think you did a nice play there. Yeah, lean into it, right? Uh, Seattle at eight was another tough spot because the three quarterbacks came off the board. You had Bryce, Will Levis, and C.J. Stroud all come off the board between four and eight or four and seven. So you have Seattle at eight, and they ended up picking a position that you you hear so often that, hey, this team really doesn't cover this position group like this. They picked a corner. But you think about Keely Ringo at 6'2", and physical, and as athletic as he is, and their corners are Sidney Jones, Artie Burns, Kobe Bryant, Trey Brown, Tariq Woolen. Like, none of those guys are going to stop me from taking a top corner when you saw teams at the top draft for need, and then a massive run on quarterbacks that leaves effectively the best of every other position available for you picking. So that that was a tough battle that I had between, do I have him pick a corner or do I have him go a different direction? Kyle, in just a second, I want to ask you about B. John Robinson, uh, running sure. back from Texas. We'll get to that in just a moment, but my goodness, folks, got to tell you about the Sonos Ray soundbar. This thing is phenomenal. I have it in my living room right now. Love listening to it. We play movies through it, TV. If I had video games, it would be really cool, but I don't really play video games, but I could imagine that would be awesome. Podcasts are awesome. Music's awesome. It fills up my entire downstairs. It's super easy to set up. You use that Sonos app. It really kind of puts you in control of everything. You just plug it in. Super easy to get going. I, I really enjoyed that. You can even use your own remote control. In fact, I do. My regular TV remote that I go to YouTube TV and all the things, just push the volume up and down. Boom. Works my Sonos speaker. The Ray, it's phenomenal. The best speaker I've ever had. Check one out for yourself. Go to Sonos.com to shop for Ray now. So, Kyle, Bijan Robinson, number 17 of the Miami Dolphins. I am not bringing this up because it's you and it's Bijan and it's the Miami Dolphins, right? That's not why I'm bringing this up. Uh, but first of all, I love the pick. I think Bijan's one of the best five players in this draft. Good value at 17, even if it's a running back. But I did see some of those mentions start to pile up on you already that Every year we see mocking of the uh, running back to the Dolphins, and every year it doesn't happen. And you know, look, they gave Chase Edmonds a little bit of money. Like, what's your vibe here on, deal on this? Yeah, yeah I get it's it. A, it's a two-year, sixty million dollar contract. And you know what Chris Greer does? Chris Greer shops for groceries based on the recipe that he's given by his head coach. So that's how you end up drafting Noah Igbenogany at 30 overall because you have a defensive-minded head coach who was butting heads with Xavier Howard and had durability issues at the time. So for Chris Greer to now have former San Francisco 49ers run game coordinator, Mike McDaniel as his head coach in an offense that brought in three new starting running backs, including two of which are on one-year, or two of those are on one-year contracts, you saw the investment that was made. And like, yeah, running back should, is a luxury pick for teams that have the infrastructure of the rest of their roster in place. Can we not agree Miami's roster is exponentially better than it was in 2020 when they went into that offseason and had three first-round picks and didn't pick one of those popular backs? Mm-hmm. And I steered the team away from, from Najee Harris last year because they needed help in pass rush and, and was looking for either Quiddy Pay or, or Jalen Phillips, and they took Jalen Phillips at 18. So... um. Yeah, Dolphins fans have consistently been calling for an investment in the running game, and you you have a coach who's in position to actually make those decisions. And because of that, plus the 
team having two first round picks, they pick an offensive lineman later. And because the team's roster being at a much higher caliber than it's been in recent years, this is kind of the spot where I think it would make sense for running back to be a selection for them. How cool was it mocking Noah Sewell to the Lions at 27? I, I came away, you know, reading this thing this morning and I got to that pick and I smiled. I did. I, had, I felt some type of way about it. Obviously, reuniting the Sewells, but also like a major need for Detroit. And, and we're talking about pick 27. Like this is this is good value. It's a position of need. And then there's like the cool factor of the, the Sewell brothers being together. Yeah, I went out of my way to not write about it. So I'm glad that was the first place that you went was having both Sewells on the same team. But um, I just love the fit. The first time Noah Sewell fits the run with A.J. Dillon and they meet in the mm. hole at the line of scrimmage is like national geographic two <laughs> bighorn rams smacking heads or like jurassic park with the whether the ankylosauruses is that what they're called the things with the the skulls and the domes and be on you they put their head down and they, 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 uh, i'm i'm going out on a limb testing my third grade <laughs> paleontology course but i'm pretty sure it's an ankylosaurus is the one with the domed skull heads that they they put their head down and they charge each other that's what that I, would be. <laughs> so I'd like that. I'm pulling this thing up. Uh, this looks like a, a large armadillo. No, Ankylosaurus was wrong. <laughs> F in the chat for Kyle. Chris has no idea what to do, what to say. He's just palms are up. Don't head his dinosaur. Eyes. Hold on a minute. Hold the phone. <laughs> Pachycephalosaurus. Oh, the Pachycephalosaurus. If what only, a jackass I am. If only you would have said that, <laughs> Joe and I would have been there with Pachycephalosaurus. you. Pachycephalosaurus. Right, we would have been right there with you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and Google it, guys. Bro, I can't even get myself to come close to spelling it to a yeah, point where Google is going to steer me in put, the right direction. Put dome, domed head dinosaur in the Google search and hit enter. <laughs> You'll see exactly what, what it is. Oh, Okay, anyway. yeah, got it. Yeah, this thing. <laughs> Great job pronouncing that, Kyle. Great job. Packy, I, I, I knew how to say it. I just got the, the, the visualization was wrong. <laughs> can, I, can I shout out Brandon Joseph to the Bengals, though? Please do. Back to back, back to football yeah, here. Yeah. I love this fit for uh, the potential nuclear situation that, that's happening with Jesse Bates in Cincinnati, where if, Joe, you did the roster assessment on the Bengals, and you liked a lot. Yeah, of what sure this do. roster has to offer. The starting so roster is awesome. Yeah, if if they are in a position where Brandon Joseph is no longer with the team, I think a brand, player like Brandon Joseph stepping into that specific role is a really good fit to bring some of the same things, while also mitigating some of the concerns with Brandon Joseph's film because you have a guy like Daxton Hill who can move around and potentially Mike Hilton who can still play in the slot. So. Um, the, the questions that I have with Brandon Joseph are tackling and long range, but I think if you let him play quarters and thirds and D and, and let him play deep coverages, uh, you're really mitigating the tackling and run fit component. You're letting his ball skills really shine and you're not giving him too much grass to cover. So I like that fit quite a bit. Yeah. It's interesting. That, that tandem of Bates and Von Bell was really good for Cincinnati last year. And you, I guess on one hand, you'd like to just kind of keep rolling with it, but Cincinnati's always a little bit interesting with how they deal with extensions and bringing back yeah. players. And you just, you just kind of never know what's going to happen there. Yeah. 
How about Michael Mayer to the Vikings, too? I like this pick as well. It came at 19. Uh, Mayer tight end one coming off the board. Uh, last two years, Minnesota has bid farewell to Kyle Rudolph and Tyler Conklin. Obviously, Irv Smith was a day two selection. He's still there. He's been okay. He hasn't been great. But even if he's okay, you know, you, you think about Kevin O'Connell and uh, trying to get 12 personnel on the field and have Mayer and, and Irv potentially on the field at the same time. I mean, your, your 12 personnel grouping could legit be Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Michael Mayer, Irv Smith, and Dalvin Cook. I love that group. Mm. That That's a really, really exciting mismatch, complement the run and the pass collection of skilled players. So uh, that was one of those ones I looked up and saw Mayer still available on the board and was like, yeah, we're probably going to have to go ahead and pull the trigger here and get him off the board. This run of 11, 12, and 13 is what I like to call the not fair run. Like Pittsburgh the value, getting the value of right, the players. Yeah, like – Steelers getting Eli Ricks, corner from Alabama at 11. The Eagles getting Brian Breezy, the defensive tackle from Clemson. And then the Patriots getting Miles Murphy, you know, edge player from Clemson. That seems like really good value from three teams that, like, they're usually pretty good. Yeah, and and kind of the – obviously, Pittsburgh being a need pick with Ricks and – the corner slid because of the yeah. the quarterback run that happened in the top ten. Uh, I think we, you could make a strong case for Keely Ringo going before eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Smith going nine to the Commanders. Ricks going to uh, Pittsburgh at, at eleven, and then Brzee. The thing I like about Brzee is is you have you still have Milton Williams there. They just drafted Jordan Davis, but a couple of their other interior defensive linemen are expiring contracts that uh, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave are expiring contracts. And you think about, hey, you got your plug guy, right? And if you want Brzee to platoon and be a strong side end, like Brandon Graham has been at times, and then kick inside and play with Milton like the interchangeability of those guys complementing what Jordan Davis does on the nose is really exciting. And then Miles Murphy, I mean, tell me a more perfect Perfect. Patriots-type defensive end Mm-hmm. Than Miles Murphy with with his prototypical build and 6'5", 270, and he's explosive and fluid and uh, they're they're a little lean there. They're pretty good on the inside, uh, but they got Matt Judon as a, a rush linebacker type. But um, the rest of the group outside of that, the Dietrich Wises of the world, and they traded away Chase Winovich this off season, so they they could certainly use some edge help. Let me let me ask you this because this is something that always. I always find myself in this spot with mock drafts early in the process where okay. you're, you're working through it. You're kind of getting towards the back 10 or 12 picks and you need players at a particular position, but the cupboard is bare. You don't have options at that position for the, the team uh, that you're trying to, to slot a guy to. So what was that position group where you're like, man, I, I just need more of this position to kind of fill out the demand that this uh, that this draft order is presenting me right now based on the way we perceive needs. Offensive tackle. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, I put Jalen Duncan in there as a little bit of a, as an upside pick, and he's obviously got high-end physical tools to work with, 6'6", 315. But there were a couple of the spots along the way where, you know, 
uh, I would have loved to have found a tackle for Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So so that the Packers could could move Elton Jenkins back inside and have Bakhtiari and another tackle at right tackle and um Kansas City, depending on what happens with Orlando Brown, is another spot where would have loved to have found uh, another offensive tackle worth grabbing. I, I gave him an edge in Nolan Smith, and I know they just drafted Karloftis, but the the argument, and they, they just brought in Dunlap on a one-year deal, um, but the argument was kind of, hey, Frank Clark's going to get $21 million in cash in 2023, and he's averaging six sacks per year in three seasons with the Chiefs. So, you know, I don't think that's not an upgrade opportunity to, to bring somebody for the long-term transition there so there were a couple spots here late in the draft where i really would have loved to have found another offensive tackle and you, you could probably put the raiders in that mix yeah. too depending on what happens with alex leatherwood and uh now now that denzel good is retired is he going to play inside because i know um dylan parham's been been getting some snaps at center in training camp and otas so i mean their their offensive line's a mess they certainly could use a right tackle if, if Alex Otherwood's not, not going to stick there. So tackle was the group for me that, you know, there were some toolsy guys, but I didn't like too many of them going early there in the, the end of the first round. And what complicates that even more is I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think you could, I would, I would guess you would agree that Skaronsky at three and Paris Johnson at 10, that's even higher than you wanted them to yes. go there. So yeah, you I, create I think a problem. Skaronsky at, at 10 is probably an appropriate <laughs> value for for him so the whole tackle class kind of got elevated based on that decision with chicago and and uh the the entire domino effect fell all the way down through the end of the first round the the tackle that i'm looking for there's actually i would say there's several tackles this year that i think have a chance to like move the needle here as it relates to kind of filling this out Mm -hmm. um dewan jones from from ohio state state think he's got a chance to make some noise in this this offensive tackle uh conversation um maybe carter warren from pittsburgh i think he's definitely a day two guy um there's a chance that he could profile as a late uh, late one type player and then tennessee has darnell Wright, uh who's another really really interesting guy so you think you need and even anton harrison from from oklahoma, oklahoma. like you've got guys that are close but i'm with you man like i i would have a hard time really kind Putting of forcing them in the first. Yeah. Even Jason Foster from Missouri, even like there's guys, but we, this, I mean, it's, it's friggin' August 1st. We need to see, we need to see it happen this year before we start kind of so doing what, that. What gave me the piece to put Jalen Duncan in is the knowledge that no matter how the pick goes, it can't be worse than how bad Austin Jackson's been this far. <laughs> so oh, I don't think most people would be surprised to see Duncan in there. Like I, I that, that was fine to me. You yeah. know, it's just like, we, we still need more. Like we've had so many, so much demand for tackles. Right. And we have guys that are close, but this year we'll, well define that. We're going to keep on waiting, but uh, you guys are going to have to wait until Wednesday for us to start the mock this week. Joe and I are alternating picks Wednesday and Thursday on the show. I will be at Miami Dolphins training camp on Tuesday, tomorrow. Uh, so Chris, Joe, Take care of the place for me. Don't burn it down or anything like that. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just, just get Spider Man if we need. We'll bring Spider Man. Yeah, from uh, from the um, hmm. Chris. Do we want to make him a part of the Power Rangers or do we want to make him a part oh, of the? Uh, yeah, he's a. He's See, now Planet I don't know if I'm getting clowned. Is there League. three divisions or just no, two? Spider Man. There's, there's two. Spider Man feels like a Power Ranger to me. If we were going to continue this bit, yeah. So is DC and Justice League different? So, no, D- Justice yes, League. Yes, they is, are different. <laughs> 
Come on. You guys know that I'm never going to get this down if you guys okay. don't help me. So there's the Justice League, which is DC Comics. And then there's the Avengers, which is Marvel. Okay. And that's it. That's it. So Justice League and DC are the same? Correct. They're the same, they're the same people. All now, right. what you were incorrect about is Spider-Man has nothing to do with DC and Justice League. Like, he is in a... He is, which he's one in, is he he's, in? Is he in he's Avengers? He's in Avengers. He's in yes, Avengers. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll see, see you guys later, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino. That's going to do it for the draft news no, today. You don't hear about this guy with Iron Man. He's not with that guy. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. Thanks for watching and listening. Take care. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.